Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're in the extra time. Kia ora and welcome into the first edition of Extra Time for 2021. I'm Clay Wilson. Well, the new sporting year is very much underway here in New Zealand, headlined for many by the America's Cup Challenger Series out on Auckland's Hauraki Golf. The round-robin portion of the series was highlighted by a huge turnaround by Team UK. Sir Ben Ainsley and his boys reversing their worrying pre-Christmas form to go unbeaten and book a spot in the Challenger's final. That's left Lunarossa and American Magic battling it out to stay in the regatta with the Americans having undertaken a huge repair job after that dramatic capsize which left their AC-75 with significant damage. We'll look at a few of the big talking points, while we'll also cast our eye over the looming Olympic Games, and the reports out of Tokyo continuing to raise questions about whether the event will go ahead. Plus the panel will look ahead to the rest of the 2021 sporting year and pick out what we've got our eyes on most. Joining me on that panel today is sports writer Hamish Bidwell, RNZ sports reporter Felicity Reid, and it's a pleasure to have with us one of New Zealand's most decorated Olympians, champion board sailor Barbara Kendall. First of all, Barbara, welcome to Extra Time and thanks for joining us. Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure to be here today. Well, let's start with you because, of course, you spent your entire competitive career out on the water. Um, In terms of this America's Cup, how much interest have you taken in it and what are the things that you've taken away most? Uh, I just... I'm blown away actually by these boats. Um, they're just the most incredible things I have seen on the water, you know, ever. And the speeds, the phenomenal speeds that they go is quite hard to comprehend. Um, seeing them on TV, you know, you, you know they're going fast, but I've been out there live watching it from our boat and it's it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel scared for those guys steering the boat around the course and hoping that they don't hit anything. <laughs> Absolutely. When you look back to your career, I guess we could you ever have predicted that we were going to see these type of boats doing these types of crazy speeds and and doing the things they're doing out there? Absolutely not. I I, I even when they said years ago, you know, the, the, um, three years prior or four years prior, what when from the last America's Cup that they were going to do mono foiling mono hulls. I was like, no way. How are they ever going to do that? You know, we've seen them in small small crafts. You know, just with the foil down the centre of the boat, but having these cantilevering wings that are going down, and it's just it's amazing. The engineering on these boats is phenomenal. Are we going to see foiling? board sailing boats at some point. I mean, everything seems to be going in that foiling direction, doesn't it? Well, everything's gone foiling. Windsurfing, you know, for for the Olympics in Paris 2024, um, the new class is wind foiling. So it's windsurfers on foils. And so it's incredible how the whole class has just exploded globally. And right now, um, you know, every week we have a, a squad of um, people racing on windfoils out on the harbour. It's about 15 to 20 of them, which is a very big fleet compared to 
prior Olympics is the, is the class died. So it's put a new boost into sailing and all the kids are just wanting to go foiling. Whatever sailing craft it is, whether it's, you know, a surfboard or a boat or whatever it may be, just because of the speed and the fun of it. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly attracted some interest. Of course, it does come with its dangers. Felicity, we have seen a lot of coverage of the American Magic situation, that big crash they had. And I remember seeing those images of the boat half submerged down in the Gulf and thinking, how are they ever going to get it back? But they have got it back. I guess to a lot of people, it seems pretty spectacular. They've turned it around this quickly. But of course, these teams are very well resourced. They've got a lot of money. They're big teams. So what have you made of how they've managed to turn it around and how have they managed to do it? It has been a big turnaround, but it's a turnaround that's happened with a little bit of help from their friends. They are heavily resourced within each of the boat sheds, but American Magic have relied on the local marine industry here in New Zealand, as well as Team New Zealand's boat builders, to get that boat back and ready. It it is looking good from what we can see from the outside of it. The hole in the hull is fixed, and it's got that nice little thank you message on there for all of the people who have helped them out during this period. But it's the things inside the boat that we don't see, the electronics, the hydraulics, the things that help control this boat that are really going to be tested, those things everyone's working on, and that's a point of development across the class as well. These things change over time, and they've had the opportunity to sort of sneak on a new rudder and some different foils while they've fixed the boat from that capsize. And I guess hope for their sake, they hope that they've made it better with what they've been able to do. Another thing that stood out to me is we see so often in the America's Cup so much bickering and fighting, and actually even now it's still going on, but there was this sort of um, unity to help American Magic, partly which seems to me is due to the, the lack of teams and perhaps they don't want to lose a team out of it. But did you notice that? And I guess what did you make of that, the fact that other teams were so willing to come on board and help when they're, they're usually just fighting amongst themselves over anything and everything? Um, Part of that will be the marine community, you know, sailors supporting sailors. No one wants to see a capsize. No one wants to see a boat go down. I guess regardless of how competitive you are, you don't want to see that kind of thing happen out in the water. It could have been a lot worse as well. And, I mean, America's Cup has seen that in the past. But Team New Zealand and the other teams helping them out wasn't entirely selfless. A lot of that as well will be about they need as many challenges in this as they can have and they need the America's Cup in the build-up to the America's Cup to look as good as possible as a regatta across the world. Now, I know, Hamish, that you're not a huge fan of the America's Cup itself, but, of course, you're not alone. There's actually quite a few New Zealanders who don't necessarily go in for it. But what have you... How much attention have you actually paid to it and what have you made so far, particularly the amount of coverage that it's been given and how it's been covered? Um, I feel bad saying this in front of Barbara, who's so steeped in sailing. But, yeah, I bailed out after 1987, and I don't follow it in any fashion. Um, I don't care for it. I'm not aware of it. Um, it does get quite saturation coverage. If I go on some of the places where I gather news, you'll see headlines and pictures and that. But I don't click on them. I don't watch the tally. So it all passes me by. Um, occasionally, people bring it up to me at barbecues and that. The, but the blank look they get, they sort of realise pretty quickly that I'm not on board and I don't understand what they're talking about, and they leave me to it. So it has been... A weird time, the last sort of, cripes, 30 years mm. <laughs> since um, the big boat challenge that Michael Fay instigated. That, that turned me off a treat and I've never been back. But like it's, because it is a big deal for people and people do say, hey, have you seen it? And I just go, no, I haven't seen it. Um, and I don't, I don't decry anyone's um, interest in it. I don't say you can't care about it or this is nonsense or you're a bad person, but it's just not for me and I, I ignore it. Are you alone? I mean, when you're out of these barbecues and around people and it's, it's being talked about. Are, are you alone and not necessarily being 
that interested in it? Here and there. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I would say I live in Waikanae and we are a coastal little town and uh, we get a few fishermen around and they sort of, <laughs> the ones that are out on boats sort of care about it. But I don't, most people I sort of are around, they're not big on it. I went to Hawke's Bay recently, got sort of accosted a couple of times by people who were enthusiasts, but nah. By and large, uh, it doesn't get brought up in my presence a lot, and I don't know whether it's because people think he's a negative jerk, he won't want to hear about it, or whether they just go, we're not interested, so why would I bring it up? Mm. Well, obviously, Team New Zealand aren't involved at this stage. They've got a break. Team UK have got a break. Um, so just to finish up on this, Felicity, um, what, are they, what are those teams going to be doing during their break? And given what we saw from the British in the round-robin series going straight through to this final, is it at this stage too early to say that the are uh, the favourites to, to go into the cup match against Team New Zealand? This is a period of boat development for both of those teams. They've both been out on the water this week and quickly for, followed American Magic out as they went out for their first sail, just keeping an eye on the competition and seeing what's actually happening. Um, Team New Zealand will be eager to get out there and to see what they've put onto the boat to see if that's actually going to work. They haven't had much competition over this time, obviously, and the British get the three weeks off, which... It'll be up to them whether they split it between purely boat development or whether they need to get out sailing, trying new things as well. I was speaking to a New Zealand yacht designer this week and he was impressed somewhat by the turnaround of the British, but he also said that there are some questions around whether that boat will still be able to cope across all wind conditions. And what we see now will be quite different to what we see in March in terms of the weather as well. Okay. Well, moving on from sailing's biggest event to the biggest event in world sport itself, the Tokyo Olympics have been front and centre over the past couple of weeks. Japan, of course, is still being heavily impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. And with the game set to start in July, there's been continued speculation about if they can go ahead at all. Now, the IOC and Japanese government are strongly denying reports of cancellation, but it does appear the speculation isn't about to die down anytime soon, given the situation with COVID in Japan. Barbara, I'm sure you've been seeing all this. What have you made of everything we've been seeing and hearing on the Olympics and if they will go ahead or not? I just read another article this morning, um, Clay, from the IOC president. And, um, you know, people just love drama. And every Olympics that have happened, um, there's been something. You know, Beijing, it was the pollution. Rio, it was not finishing in time and the financial side of it and the, and the, and the corruption and the unsafe environment and Zika virus. Um, this one's definitely a unique one in the fact that the Olympics won't be the same as previous Olympics in the way that they're going to uh, run it. But at present, they are still full, full steam ahead in all the systems and processes that they're putting in place. Um, you know, we've seen lots of sporting events happen around the world. And yes, there is going to be a risk, but it's still, you know, July and we're six months away um, from it, and they've been working on this very, very hard for the last year with all the federations and all the people involved to ensure that they've got all the protocols in place. And, you know, I just think from an athlete's perspective, um, if I put myself in the shoes of, you know, what I, as an athlete, I would want to go, you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing the two, you know, whatever isolation on the way there and on the way back, if that's what you have to do to ensure that you can compete in the Olympic Games, because this is their job, this is their livelihood, this is their dream, this is what they've been looking forward to. Um, and sometimes, and there are risks always involved in everything that you do. So the IOC is working, you know, and the, and the governments are working scrupulously to do everything that they can to mitigate the risks and make the Olympics happen because it's very critical for sport worldwide. Just if I could come in here, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand you, you sit on various IOC and NZOC 
committees, are you able to sort of enlighten us about some of the information that athletes are getting about what conditions will be like in Tokyo and then some of the um, protocols that are being sort of worked through so that they'll be safe and, and what have you? Yeah, so so what happens is that, you know, New Zealand has its protocols with how you get in and out of the country of New Zealand and they'll the NZOC will work closely with the government on that. Um, as far as the Olympic Village goes and all and the, those types of things, what will be happening, as far as I know so far, is the athletes will be flying in and out for their competition, so they won't be hanging around. Um, I'm not sure what the opening ceremony and those things um, will look like. I don't know if there'll be any spectators there, but it's going to be a very, very skeleton crew of people within the Olympic um, movement that will be there so far. So, for instance, I'm a vice president of the International Surfing Association, and we were excited because surfing's you know, going to be in the Olympics for this first time. And I was like, yeah, I can go to the Tokyo and, and, and be involved. But I won't be going. I probably won't be. It's you know 99% likely that I won't be going because they, we just want the judges to go and a couple of officials, and that's it. So the the amount of um, entourage and external stuff that's around the Olympic Games that you know go for the junkets and things, they won't be going, and it'd be just really lean, clean racing, you know, uh, um, Olympics. And so the, the the full protocols and all those sorts of things are still they're still working through them as. Um, New, um, new vac, you know, the vaccines and, and rapid testing. Um, but just knowing from talking to some of the athletes that are overseas competing at the moment, um, they get tested every day. Um, they get their temperature tested every day. Um, these are guys that I know that are competing in the snowboard circuit at the moment, uh, and they're really trying to stay onto it. And there's been breaches, and so they're still working out some of these protocols. But um, I just put my, my, my hat on as an athlete and I would want to be going at every, you know, if they said it's on, I would definitely be going. So I saw a headline the other day suggesting New Zealand athletes might have the option of saying, hey, look, we declined to go for, for COVID-related reasons. And you mentioned before, this is their livelihood. This is how they make their living. This is their job. It would be pretty bold athlete that turned around and said, hey, thanks for the cycle of funding. Thanks for all the um, emotional <laughs> and financial support. But I'm just going to sit this one out. Thanks. Yeah, and that's something that the athlete had will have to live. You, you you talk to the athletes that wanted to go to Moscow, which one that was boycotted and the government said you can't go. And many of them regret that decision of the fact that they weren't able to go. Um, they look back and it, it was their only chance, you know, to ever to go to the Olympic Games, games for some of them. Some of them were lucky that they could go to 1984 afterwards. But um, I, I just think, you know, looking at the historic pattern of that, if I was an athlete, it is your personal choice. It is something that you choose to do. Um, and you can't make someone, you know, not go or go, depending on, I don't, I don't know, you know, the, the law will come into that. But from my stance, I would definitely be going and taking that risk. Hamish, um, I know you've written some stuff on this for us. Does has there any? You're really has anyone, out today. I'm going to look at the worst grinch. But, <laughs> but but has any of that what Barbara described there? I mean, has obviously given us some insight. Changed your mind in any way about about this event and and whether it should or shouldn't go ahead? No, I think I think um, as as difficult as it might be, as disappointing as it might be, I think it would be prudent not to hold them. I think um, I understand the financial pressures. I understand that people, many athletes only get one shot at it. And I understand, you know, the, the commercial pressures to get this thing on. But yeah, as a because I don't watch the Olympics myself, I don't read about it, I don't care about it. I'm honestly sounding appalling today. Can't even be a sports writer. How can you call yourself a sports writer? You don't watch all these sports. But um, I don't mind if they're not on because I won't be watching anyway. But yeah, I... I would say, in terms of good taste, it would be really good to, to, to cancel them, but um, it's not my decision. 
But there's a lot of people that are going to be saying, well, it's the Olympics, you know, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. We want to see it go ahead. Do you think you're in the... Do you think that there's a lot of people that agree with you that these games shouldn't go ahead? I would say that in terms of events like the America's Cup, like the Olympics, that at the end of the day, most people are patriots. Yeah. I'm not a huge one. Um, and so when New Zealand is involved in things, they get into it and they educate themselves and they get enthused and they get behind it. And when they're not on, they're sort of not that interested. So if it rolls around and it's on, I think people will care. I think in the interim, people are sort of getting on with other things. Yeah. Barbara, just to finish on this, um, you obviously mentioned about your role with the athletes now. Um, in terms of performance, if it does go ahead, it's obviously going to be vastly different and trim down teams. How is it going to affect their ability to perform? Obviously, everyone's going to be on the same playing field. But um, in terms of our Kiwi athletes, how do you think it's going to have an impact on, on how they might be able to perform? Well, hopefully, you know, the, the, the events won't be modified. It'll just be the spectators and the people around. Um, and, made, you know, they, obviously they're going to have to modify some events and things like that. And I don't know right down to the tiniest details what they're going to do there. Um, but, and, and you know, maybe this will be a light Olympics where there won't be so many countries involved because, you know, you think about some of the athletes, I think about Oceania and some of those small island athletes, um, you know, they haven't, they haven't been able to train, they haven't been able to go to Australia and get the, that help. And, and so, yeah, it'll, it'll probably just be the stronger countries. So it will be a, it will be an Olympics that goes down in history. Yeah, whichever way it goes down, it's going to be completely different to what we've come to know. Finally today, we're going to cast our eyes into the future a bit for the 2021 sporting year. Despite COVID, there's still many things like the Olympics that are still set to take place. So in terms of uh, one thing we've all got our eye on this year, I'll kick us off. Being a cricket uh, fan and a cricket reporter here, um, very much looking forward to the potential of the Black Caps playing in the World Test Championship final. Now, I do um, understand, I do have reservations myself about the World Test Championship format, and obviously COVID's thrown that even more into the mix. But um, going back to Lords, of course, the, the last time the Black Caps were at Lords, they lost that. Um, well, didn't lose, but uh, didn't win the World Cup. Um, and I think we've seen this summer, not only with the test matches played here, but also that great test series between India and Australia in Australia, what test cricket means. And to us cricket purists, um, it sort of proved how great test cricket can be. So that's one thing that I'm certainly looking forward to and hoping that the Black Camps could sneak into that World Test Championship final. I guess they've got two tests there in England anyway, so we'll get to see them play and and get to see them hopefully prove themselves against a, a quality team away, which is probably the last thing as the number one test team in the world they've got left to do at this point, I would say, to prove themselves really that they deserve that ranking. Felicity, what have you got for us? I'm looking forward to the Black Ferns getting some meaningful rugby. No international rugby last year, and what was supposed to be a bumper season for them, eight home tests, none of that happened, and they were reduced to sort of intra-squad games as preparation for the World Cup, and it's come out this morning that their World Cup opener is going to be against Australia at Eden Park in September. And I'm hoping that they just get some international games before then so that they can actually have some sort of proper, meaningful, valuable build-up to such a big event on their home ground as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly that would be nice to see them get some, some good games. But that, um, that opener against Australia is going to be at Eden Park, hopefully sold out, going to be a great event. Uh, Hamish, what have you got for us? Well, you really put me on the spot here. I've got to think about something I'm looking forward to. It's been hard. Well, um, well. I'm a bit grinchy, as you can tell. Um, I'm sure you're interested in like seeing something develop. I like the fact that it matters to guys. The, I, the people would give up their private jets and their multiple homes to win one of these things. And I like to see guys who are really elite at something fail. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
when they trick up golf courses and it's really difficult for guys to break par and you know and there's a real devastation about winning and losing like week to week they can finish 20th and walk away with hundreds of thousands of dollars but they'd give it all up to do well in these four pinnacle events and i really like that Mm. um more broadly i give thanks um for living new zealand every day i look around the world at some of the political nonsense that goes on i see the health crisis that continues and the lockdowns that we have and i I just really hope that we can be careful here. We don't have another lockdown and that we do the right things around the protocols to keep New Zealand safe. Um, I think it's a great country. I think we're just living absolute the dream and anyone in the world would talk with us right now. And I really want our standard of living to continue as it has. And not just for the, the professional competitions, for the everyday competitions, right? If we can stay this way, then people can get out and continue to play their, their, their own sports on the weekend or whenever they want to. So um, it's not just about what we watch on telly as well. No, I mean, I've been out for a walk this morning. I've got a, a weekend away coming up this afternoon. Like, it's just, it's a wonderful life we lead here. It's an outdoor life. It's an active life. It's a, it's a life around people. And I'd hate to see us, you know, be locked down and be isolated. Barbara, do you want to finish us off? What's the one thing that you're looking forward to most about 2021 in sport? Well, I definitely have to agree with Hamish there on one thing, and that was the are we lucky to live in New Zealand and all the opportunities and we live in pretty normal um, at the moment. And, um, you know, what I'm looking forward to is kids being able to play sport again. Yeah. Last year was really stink. You know, my, my I've got two teenage daughters and they're heavily involved in sport and very, very little happened. And you watch their... Um, their well-being go down, you know, their mental attitude and all those sorts of things, just been not been able to play the netball, the water polo, the, you know, all those things. And to, to looking forward to this year, trying to be as normal as possible, cross fingers that all goes to plan. But every kid that plays sport for New Zealand, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen in the rugby fields filled, the netball courts filled, the cricket pitches filled, the oceans filled with kids out there enjoying it in the school year through school sport. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time. My thanks to Barbara Kendall, Hamish Bidwell and Felicity Reid. Extra Time is available every Friday from about 4pm. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio and of course at rnz.co.nz. Give us a rating if you would. That helps a whole lot and means other listeners can find us much more easily. I'm Clay Wilson. Ka kite anō. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.